Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Chrissy here from CS2. Um, I have a special guest today. We have Toby Murdoch, who's the CEO and founder of the company Highway Education. Highway Education is, I just found out about it maybe a month ago, and I'm super excited. Um, they are trying to you know, help solve the crisis around MOPS talent while also giving underprivileged uh, you know, young adults, the opportunity to get into a job and skill that's on, you know, super high demand right now in marketing operations. So, um, you know, thank you, Toby, for joining me today. Thanks for being here, Chrissy. Super excited. Great. So, um, you know, I, I think the first thing to, to talk about and to give all of our listeners a little bit of background, um, is, you know, what's the problem that you're trying to solve with highway education? I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, for sure. It's actually, I think about it, two problems. One is sort of uh, the crisis of opportunity in our country. You know, uh, quick background on me. Uh, some in the industry might know me. I, I, I used to work at Compost. I uh, started and ran Compost, which is a B2B content marketing platform and built that over 10 years and we we're fortunate to sell it in 2019. And I worked for the acquirer for a while, uh, but I had some time over the last two years to kind of think and reflect after a very uh, kind of strenuous, active prior decade. And, um, you know, that, that time of sort of reflection coincided with a lot of tumult and discord in our society, whether it's the 2020 election or uh, the, the Black Lives Matter protests and movements and clearly lots of social frustration and, and injustice all around. And, you know, when I was looking about that and thinking about that, um, so much of that frustration is economic frustration. And what really underlies that is lack of opportunity, you know, mm -hmm. you know people with potential that don't see a pathway forward. And, I, you know, on our uh, hopefully I'm not getting too macro here, but over, you know, my lifetime, we've gone from this industrial economy to this digital information economy. And then the pathways to prosperity that we had in our old one, I just don't think are as robust and vibrant and accessible of the ones for the past for, in the, in, that we had historically. And I think that really underlies um, a lot of that frustration and discord and tumult that we're seeing. And so I'd say, that's that's one big the, the one big problem that I was, was looking at is sort of this crisis of opportunity in in, in our country and, and you know the traditional source of opportunity in our country is higher education we don't have to go into so much detail in terms of unless it's a place like Cal Poly I'm only thinking <laughs> is an alum and my daughter goes to school there um, but most places cost way, way, way too much, and they, they don't learn by doing, so they're not preparing people well for, for future careers. And, but still, people are marching to college, and there's trillions of dollars in debt. So I think our, our current situation is too expensive, inaccessible, and just kind of a disaster in terms of results. And so we need, I think, socially in our country, and particularly those from disadvantaged communities, we need to provide more accessible pathways opportunity. So that's one big problem that I was looking to work on. The other is sort of the, the talent crisis in marketing operations. And we can 
talk about this forever and ever, but basically marketing operations and demand gen and, and all these practices have exploded as business practices. And so the demand for, for talent to run these functions is obviously explosive as well, but there's no supply of such talent, right? Like it's not produced, you know, like there, you know, let's take Cal Poly. So there's a demand for architects. There's a demand for mechanical engineering. And there is, you know, institutions that supply that demand and do a good job of it. There's nothing like that for marketing operations. There's no training for it, for how people enter the field. Pretty much everyone we know who's gotten into the field has fallen into it in a haphazard mm -hmm. way. And that's not nearly enough. And as a result, you know, leaders in this function are really struggling to keep up with talent. So it's really these two uh, problems that I, that I was trying to tackle on. Again, the, the kind of the opportunity crisis on one side and the talent crisis on the other side. Totally. I, a hundred percent, I think that, um, you know, we actually talked about this um, in our newsletter about a month and a half ago and Lee, one of your um, other founder, she, she noticed it because we, you know, we made, we made the same analogy, like Apple is hiring, you know, isn't hiring people who didn't learn mechanical engineering and then expecting them to build a product. Yet we are trying to hire marketers or people who fell into marketing ops and expecting them to build all these complex processes for companies to run their business. And there is something missing there. Like there, there's something wrong there, I think. Um, and, and then, and then wondering why it's not working out, which is also another thing. So often it falls on, you know, professionals, you know, even like our agency or myself who have had the experience, have had the reps, have, um, you know, done things enough, but there's not enough of us, you know, to go around. And also it feels like there needs to be more opportunity for people coming into this. Like you said, there's enough jobs to go around. And so I totally agree with that. And on top of it, you know, it, it's a job that, you were learning on the job. Like you said, learning by doing, you know, go Mustangs, Cal Poly, that I do love that part about, um, you know, our university. And it, I think it was instilled in me, but I do think that part of, you know, marketing operations, dimension, the things that were that professionals meant to do, it is something that you kind of learn to do on the job. And, but it's also that hands-on learning that really makes sense. So um, to actually get that. And that's hard in a traditional environment of like a, a college as well. And, and, you know, unless it takes the same format as engineering where you're doing labs, like, at, you know, like at Cal Poly, which I'm sure your daughter's doing now. So, um, but tapping into the hiring crisis, because they you think know how much, oh, oh, sorry. I, I was going to say the hard part of why I think it's struggling in colleges to, to provide what you're doing is, you know, again, we'll leave the brilliance of Cal Poly aside, but most schools um, don't move that fast, right? Most schools have tenured professors who they don't have incentivized to stay current with what the latest, you know, happenings are. And so if you go to marketing departments and, you know, most universities, they're talking about like Don Draper and advertising and stuff like that. And, and, and as we know, in marketing operations, the demand gen, the past has been the, the, the change has been so swift and so furious and so dramatic, it's asking a lot to expect that colleges are going to keep up with it. So, 
it, it probably isn't going to happen from from that front anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think going into the 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 next part around the hiring crisis, because I think for a lot of our listeners who are leading demand gen teams or marketing ops teams, they're feeling this right now. I, I you know, even on um, everywhere I go, I'm like for my clients, you know, can you help us find someone? Can you help us hire? You know, can um, we're, you know, we have this open position and that's even just our client base. But then I get that a lot from, um, you know, just people I'm close to. And, and I just say to them, you know what, I, I totally understand. I'm, I'm fighting for the same thing too, you know? <laughs> so we're all in kind of the same boat here. Um, but, um, it sounds like you've done some research on the gap in the hiring crisis, um, in the past few years before starting, um, higher education. Can you talk a little bit about the research you did and, and what did you find? Like, how, how bad is this like crisis? How bad is this gap? So I, I spent some time just researching the field before I decided to throw myself into it. First of all, I found there's about 60,000 companies globally that practice some form of marketing operations, use marketing automation. Um, most of those are small businesses, of course, but you know it's a rough estimate of around 150 to 200,000 kind of professionals in the space, which mm-hmm. is a lot, right? And it's come really, really, really fast. So there's a huge demand. The number of jobs, according to Burning Glass, on LinkedIn that require um, intense digital marketing technical skills has doubled over the last five years. So mm-hmm. as we would expect, as we've all seen the growth of our industry, the, 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 the demand is super, super skyrocketing. So, so what's going on with the supply? Well, traditionally, again, going back, Don Draper-ish kind of time, uh, you know, employers would be willing to train. They would go and find uh, a high potential young person and train them up and get them going. And, 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 and that's the way they would solve their kind of talent crisis and talent needs. And that's not happening anymore. So why is that? So uh, in 1990, this is back more towards when I was graduating from college, but the average undergrad um, in their first five years um, after graduating um, would have about 1.2, 1.3 jobs. That number is now closer to three. Um, So there's a lot more mobility in the job market, which the internet and all the data it provides is facilitated, which is, I mean, mobility is generally a good thing, but because of that mobility, employers are really, really reluctant to do that kind of training at the entry Mm. level because they're gonna bring someone in, train them, their value is gonna instantly double, and then they're just gonna move. And so um, employers have become really, really um, unwilling to train. Um, and, and, and so that when we need that supply coming in of new talent, employers are saying, no, I, I don't want to do it. You and I talked already how colleges are struggling to do it, right? Marketing operations, demand gen has changed too fast and colleges can't even, I wouldn't say that it's not that they can't keep up. It's, I would say they're not even really trying. Um, so there's no new supply. So everyone falls into it. So the 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 um, ramifications of all this are are you know humongous on many dimensions. On a staff level, there's burnout. There's people being mm-hmm. overworked. There's senior people still needing to do kind of the rudimentary work that would be much better done 
by more junior people. Um, there's a diversity crisis um, in the sector in that, you know, people, you know, to just bring it to business terms, the, the, these teams and companies are not reflective of their customer base and their audiences. And so they're, they're not able to understand well their audience and, and thus that has a performance hit. Not to mention, I think a lot of the kind of inclusion um, objectives that a lot of organizations are trying to achieve that they're failing to hit. And all, and in the end, this understaffing, overburdening of teams, um, under-resourcing of teams is hitting what I think we all know now is like the most critical component of your digital marketing performance, that, that foundation of, of your MOPS team. Um, and so, uh, you know, again and again and again, I just found uh, employers saying how it's so hard. They, they almost just try to pretend they don't need to recruit because they'll spend so much time recruiting. It's so hard to find people. They generally, and everyone's running after the same kind of $250,000 person with 10 years experience and then bidding that person up to 275 and 300 because that's all that's left is this limited supply of, of superheroes instead of what would be a healthier ecosystem is a good amount of new supply coming in, providing more balance. Um, and that's really what the industry needs to get to. Totally. Um, I, I, I want to tap on the, the hiring piece around the expense as well, because, and, and the turnover part, because we've even done our own studies. And I think we found that the average tenure of a marketing ops person was only like 1.5 years when yeah. we did it across yeah. the base, which is nothing, right? Like I might, you know, my daughter is almost uh, like not, you know, barely two, but like that time just went like that to me, you know, like that. Um, so if you think about the average and, and a lot of that ha does have to do with burnout because that 1.5 years actually feels like three for the amount of like work that you're expected to do, but also for these employers, when they are, you know, trying to fight for talent. And like you said, they're expected to pay some ridiculous, um, salaries that's the budget that they had for two hires. Now, are they yeah. going to hire two hires? No, they're going to hire so that one. that could be way yeah. overworked, yeah. Exactly. So even for the, once the person's in that role, they feel alone. They feel, um, you know, they feel overworked. So they're getting paid well. And so in some cases they continue to stay in the job, but it's not a fulfilling one. And they're not going to get the extra resources because, it already took up the budget just to get them through the door. So, you know, there, th that, you know, that burden, I think a lot of people, a lot of companies are feeling that, and we do need some healthy, like talent, just, you know, coming in and, and changing that. And if anything, there'll be resources that the person, um, the leaders in marketing ops can have, and then they can focus on a leadership role. I love that you said that leaders are doing some like some of the lower level work that would be more applicable to another um, entry level person. And I think that's a hundred percent correct. And I think that's part of the reason why marketing ops fails to um, be a leader in the organization because they, because they just don't have the bandwidth to do it. Yeah. They're just fighting too many fires to do that. The other thing I heard to add on to what you said about tenure, because I heard that a ton and you know, when you can really add value, 
is that after you've been there for one and a half years and you really got to understand your colleagues and the business and the strategy and the business processes, and you've really got your foundation built, that's when you can really be productive and, and really get to high level performance. But when, when, when people are just, you know, jumping from one job to another, you know, that kind of optimal performance is never reached. And so that's a real drag you know, for, for, for marketing organizations that are trying to maximize their month's performance. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I think jumping to the next question, one of the things that, and maybe it was your research, but did, was there a moment or experience you had, you know, you, you, uh, led a company, you were in the MarTech space. So maybe you saw this as an opportunity, but maybe it was also a personal experience, but what was the moment where you decided that, you know, I think that highway education and, and the mission that we're trying to do is something I want to invest my time in. Like, was there a tipping yeah, point? I think there's a thing? few stages, you know. Um, so you and I have t- talked about, I have three daughters. And so I, uh, I was, um, when I was building my business, you know, I had stock that theoretically was worth something, but it, for a while it wasn't worth much. And I was trying to save for my daughter's education, which was a real struggle and just how expensive that was. So that's, that, that got me thinking about our education system and, you know, more productive and effective ways that it could run. So I kind of always thought about that, followed a little bit on Twitter and whatnot. There's some um, thought leaders in the space, a guy named Ryan Craig, whose books that I read. So it's something that was always simmering for me. Um, but then I think the, the time, Chrissy, when it really kicked in for me, like I said, is once I had sold the post and I was sort of reflecting and I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And I've, and I've done a few startups before Kapost in, in software. And I was like, is the universe really crying out for yet another software company? I, <laughs> I couldn't say yes to that answer, right? There's plenty of them. And I think it was just observing what year was that? Was that 2019 or 2020? I can't remember. But, uh, you know, all of that 2020 election, so it must have been, and and the Black Lives Matter and, you know, the stuff in in Minneapolis. And again, I just, you know, what's going on here? And there's frustration and injustice of all across many dimensions. And I don't want to simplify it as being only economic, but so much of it is economic. And again, this sort of industrial society that switched to this digital information society, but new pathways to prosperity and that haven't changed. And so I was just thinking, so, okay, if the universe is not crying out for me to do another software company, what could I do to serve? Uh, what talents and experience do I have that could serve well in this landscape I was seeing of our society? And then uh, Again, I've been reading this Ryan Craig guy and other people on this topic. And so that's how all the pieces kind of came together for me. Yeah. And then I really wanted to validate that there was the need there. And that's when I started doing the research that I talked to you about. Because I didn't want to jump into it if there wasn't a need. But then, you know, obviously all my time at Compose, I was hearing of this need, but it wasn't my primary focus. I wasn't about, you know, recruiting. I was about providing software. So I dug into that more. And once I saw the need was so significant and clear, then I was like, here we go. Then I had to jump into recruiting 25-year-olds, which is a lot different than um, selling software, which I had done for a decade. So that was a whole nother challenge. But fortunately, 
I hope we were able to get that done too. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, what the interesting thing and why I think it's exciting to see what highway education is doing. And I think what the frustration too, I think some of the, what's been happening out of the pandemic, out of elections, and it's confusing for, for, for some of us and having more empathy, I think, you know, gives us the ability to think about this, but a lot of the institutions that have been in place that are forced on us that have been around for a long time, just like you said, like haven't really caught up to the speed of change. Right. So like education, you know, even with the pandemic showed, like there's a lot of things broken in certain systems. And when there's a a huge breaking point, or if there's a huge crisis, that's when a lot of those Um, problems are uncovered. And I think right now we're getting to that point where it's been long enough where there hasn't been this, um, you know, this transfer of of information. There hasn't been this um, direct path, enough talent, and it's been long enough now. And companies are are also like being forced to push into mostly digital that now it's also uncovered another problem with some of these like you know, institutions or, or things in place that are wrong. So I do think that it's very reflective of like what's happening in society versus like what's happening to the space. They both, they both, you know, very much mirror each other. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, in this space, we're, we're in this industry that is at the forefront of this economic transformation in a digital direction. But then, you know, what are the other institutions and processes in our society that allow a multitude to participate in that? That's what I think is really lagging. You know, it's interesting, too, we're doing this on Zoom. And as we know, so much of marketing ops and whatnot is done on Zoom and Google Meet and remotely and everything. And one thing I'm also, you know, when you see all the discord in our society, it's like, well, there's these centers of economic wealth and talent on the coasts. And then there's, you know, all these folks in other places that aren't doing um, nearly as well. And, um, you know, we're, we're starting with a small cohort of, of students, um, 12, uh, just a dozen. Uh, two of them are from Mississippi. And, you know, what, one, one's from Tennessee. You know, these, these, I know I'm, what I'm really excited about and what I think now technology might allow is how can we get opportunity and, 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 and prosperity into other parts of the country? And, you know, one of the gentlemen from Mississippi, he's married, he has two kids, he's not moving. And uh, like, but can, can we get him into the, into digital marketing, skilled, prosperous, and stay there and just bring that you know, transfer that prosperity to that community and have others in that community be able to see, hey, I could do this too, right? This isn't something that just happens in San Francisco or Boston. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but there's some exciting new frontiers we might be able to cross. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I love that. And I think now it's a good time as well with the companies being willing to hire remote. Um, exactly. So, Yeah. So moving into the program, I'd love to kind of get a sense for, you mentioned you have your recent cohort, 
Um, but for, for people interested, could you just talk a little bit about how the, the program works, how you find, you know, you bring in your, um, your recruits and, and mentor them and, um, and then, you know, hopefully to get them hired into sure, a job in the real world. Sure. So first of all, I'll say, let me talk about how we kind of built the program ourselves. So we worked with about a dozen leaders, longtime veterans um, in the marketing operations space uh, as an advisory group. And this was mostly done by my co-founder. Um, her name's Lee Oxley. People might know she's a longtime uh, Eloqua person, uh, did did a lot of in training and education in Eloqua. That was always her passion, kind of the intersection of education and marketing ops. So she was, she's a great, great partner to have in this. Anyhow, she worked with this advisory group and we said, okay, if you want a junior level MOPS person, what are the key capabilities you want them to be able to do? And we you know, got that input from everyone. And then for each one of these capabilities, tell me about the projects you'd want them to be able to complete that would really evidence that they, they're ready to go on these capabilities. So we, we work from the employer backward to really understand what our program should be about on a training basis. So you know, mm-hmm. we are solving for the needs of employers um, and, they, and we've gotten a great set of help on that front. So that was really valuable. So we, we, we put that together. Um, and then while she was doing that, I was reaching out to the students. And like I said to you before, I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, I, in the sense that I've never done any kind of like student recruitment before. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I did some um, content in different kind of communities for people looking to break into these sorts of roles. I did um, ads and posts and LinkedIn and Indeed and, um, I talked to 400, 500 different prospective students um, all uh, through the process. And it's very inspiring to see a lot of their stories. About half of our cohort, um, though they all live in North America, weren't, about half weren't born in North America. Mm. Um, you know, some are recently here from places like the Philippines and, and Russia. but you know, all really capable um, young people, all, you know, and accomplished in a lot of ways, but looking for that breakthrough opportunity, I think that that pathway that will enable them to um, to kind of fulfill their potential. And so um, we were able to get them signed up and enrolled. And, and how our program works is, you know, we invest a lot in their Uh, in training, you know, there's Lee and we have other instructors. Um, We license all the major, you know, software platforms to train them in, um, but we don't charge them anything up front. It's only if they get a job um, through us that then they owe us the tuition and it's deferred and they can pay it back little by little over time. So um, it's a really innovative model that sort of puts college on its head. College is like, we'll charge you a ton we couldn't care less about the outcome. Where ours is, we don't charge you anything unless you get to the outcome. So our incentives are aligned in terms of what they're looking to achieve and what we're looking to achieve. Um, so it's a 16-week program. It's entirely online, but it's live online. Um, and we take them through this curriculum. 
that I that I told you. But the curriculum is like for every one part of training or instruction, it's three or four parts of practice and projects because that's what mm. we heard from employers. They're like, we want these people job ready, and job ready doesn't mean they're certified because they passed some tests. Job ready means they are comfortable and experienced in doing the kind of projects they're going to be doing over and over again. So we. And, and the employers told us, so don't have them be experts in everything. Have them be really strong and capable in the fundamentals. And so we really steered the program that way with a lot of, again, this, this repetition in these projects that's supported um, not just by um, our instructional team, but by our mentors. We have an incredible group of mentors who are also all veterans um, in, in the industry who are volunteering their time and attention to help our students with the projects, give them feedback, um, role play for them. Because one thing we heard is to make the, the project very holistic. Like project shouldn't start with them just entering, you know, creating a new segment in Marketo. It should start with them role playing an interview with an executive to understand what the requirements are for the upcoming project. So the mentors play a, a key piece that way. Um, the mentors also have a key role, I think, in terms of emotional support, too. Mm. You know, that this can be a significant transition for a lot of the folks in our program. And so, um, give, you know, helping them with the challenges that come up on that front and, and building their confidence, um, the mentors will play a really critical role in that regard. And so while all of this is happening, we're also interacting with employers because like we said, we're solving two problems, like opportunity mm -hmm. on one side and then talent on the other side. And so we want to help employers get job ready, high performing, you know, outstanding marketing operations, demand gen talent um, that they can have hired, be ready to go, um, who are trained on a curriculum and a program unlike any other that's existed. And so, and there's also, um, a lot of employers who are looking for, you know, to, you know, improve the standing of their business on, on an inclusion basis and, and the, the student body that we bring can really help on that front as well. And so we want to serve them sort of as a recruit, as a recruiter would with a specialization and kind of junior level marketing up, understanding their needs, understanding, you know, what they're looking for and try to provide them connections and access to our student body in an expedient way. And we have a whole set of planned activities so that they can effectively and quickly get people who are job ready, who they don't have to train a lot and can really start adding value to their team right away. So that's how the program operates. Again, it's both, we have two sets of customers essentially, you know, students and employers. Yeah, that that's great. I think that um, it's, I think the mentorship piece, I think is key too. I, I love that. Um, cause it, these are all things that make someone successful in this role. It's you like having that, that view from the executive. Cause I think sometimes marketing ops can be viewed as like, oh, you're just like pushing buttons or taking tasks from people. But really there's a strict, uh, the, in order to be successful, you have to be a bit strategic. You need to understand the needs of marketing, which is a ton and then you have to prioritize those. And then you have to really then articulate, you know, back like a strategy around getting that done. Um, and so being able to understand the needs of an executive, which might be 
different than what someone junior would think, you know, but that's something that a marketing ops person needs to start learning right away because then once they even get to a leadership role the pe- like that's where we struggle like you know like professionals are getting into these leadership roles but haven't even had the chance to um work with execs and figure out what are your parties what are the parties of the business then trickle that back down into their own prioritization so learning that up front i think is so so cute. yeah you make a great point we heard that again and again in our interviews with our advisory group and so Yes, of course, we train them on how to use the tools, but we also train them about business concepts and marketing mm-hmm. concepts, what's the customer journey, what's the persona, you know, what's a funnel, uh, and a forecast in a funnel. And then, and because they need to be conversant in all of that, and then we have them, again, role play, being in those meetings with the executives, you know, conversing on the strategic elements because the job for marketing ops, right, isn't just to press the buttons, It's to understand the marketing strategy and then make it manifest through the technology. And so uh, our 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 curriculum really embodies that in that it yes, we teach them how to use the tools, but we give them the business concepts and and the kind of uh, professional interactions that are a huge part of business so that they can play that critical role of trans, you know, partner in strategy and translator of strategy into technical execution. Totally. One of the other things, and, and I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing this, but one of the things that I also saw within the space is, you know, to get talent that maybe is cheaper or quicker, a lot of the times companies have like looked offshore. And mm-hmm. I think that in some ways that's great because it's providing opportunities to those countries, but we do need to realize there's an like there's a problem in our own country. There's people who don't have opportunities here. So I love what you're doing. And, and there's issues too, with working with people offshore, you know, their lang- you know, there's a language barrier. Sometimes there's a time difference barrier. And so for a lot of the leaders in the U S are trying to manage those teams. It's very challenging. You have to like take calls at like 10 PM. It's part of the reason one time I left a role because they said, Hey, we might need to get you to manage a team. And um, offshore. And I said, you know, that's not really going to work for me. I, I don't really want to do that. Um, so I, I find more, you know, I find that I'm more productive with the team that I'm working with on the same time zone or even in the same, you know, same country. So I do think that I love that we're not trying to just push our problem outward. And I think for, you know, we have a lot of people that are looking for opportunities here. So let's focus here. And I think that is, um, you know, great, you know, I just think it's refreshing in a way. I I like that approach. Uh, And I I, I agree. And, you know, I, I dove into this question a lot in research as well. And I think if you are, you know, in your marketing ops, if you have projects where it's, huge volumes of work where you can be like crystal clear, black and white about requirements and what needs to be done. And it's just a matter of like getting the work executed. That's probably best done offshore, to be honest. But But they said, but that's the exception, right? That's the exception where things are in that crystal clear, black and white. And we got the lead times, you know, to get it all organized spot. Most of them are in the day-to-day action of, of getting stuff done where there's 
subtleties of communication um, and, and, and real-time nature of firefighting that requires someone, like you said, in your time zone without language and cultural barriers inhibiting things. So I think there's a role for everything. And I think, you know, offshore can provide a, a great option. There's a lot of superstar marketing ops experts, but that's, and that's great too. But what we also need is some junior level people who can be here, be collaborators, but also carry the kind of, carry the water in, in the kind of low, the, the junior level work that needs to be done so that our senior people can't be so strained and, and the whole function can be better resourced and, and, and higher performing. Not to mention, I also agree with you, Chrissy, it, it's, it's, I think, great for us to be able to have an opportunity to kind of help out the mission right here in our own communities and country. Yeah, definitely. So I'm really excited about highway education. And I, it was great that you joined us today to walk us through, you know, this, because I, I think this is probably refreshing for a lot of people listening and, and maybe even a glimmer of hope into, um, you know, what you're doing can be an answer to the problems that they're having with hiring. But is there anything else you wanted to say to our listeners about your program or any asks or, or even potential help that you're looking for? Your yeah, yeah. You know, I, I agree. I, for me, as you asked, sort of like, you look at all this stuff and lots of challenges out there, but what can you do right in our own backyard or, or our virtual backyard of the industry that we work in? And uh, so for us, you know, to go, you can go to highwayed, highwayed.com slash employ. And you can do a few things there. One, just register for our newsletter, because just to be informed about what we're doing, Hear, mm -hmm. hear about what we're doing, you know, when we post stuff to share it and getting the word out, that is a fantastic help to us. So that would be great. And then furthermore, there's options there that if you want to go to the next step and, and connect with us, that would be fantastic too. Like, do you have an opening coming up, um, you know, later on this year, if you'd like to connect with us and explore how we might be able to partner with you on, on providing your talent needs. That would be awesome too. So at the very least, to, to go highwayed.com slash employ, sign up for our newsletter, start spreading the word. Super appreciate that. That would be fantastic. And then if you have an opening where we could be, you know, a partner for you, would love to talk about that as well. Perfect. No, that's great. And um, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, you know, Toby always meant, already mentioned we got highwayed.com is where you can find them. And uh, Toby Murdoch, he's on LinkedIn, um, also posts a lot of thought leadership there. So we'll make sure to link um, over to your LinkedIn as well for those interested. Um, but thank you so much for joining us, Toby. Chrissy, thanks so much for, for having me. And uh, thanks to all the listeners for listening. Okay, perfect. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Forward Thinking. If you liked it or think someone can benefit from listening, please share it and we'll see you next time. Thank you.